Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new Mike Radio Show. And we have a very interesting guest, and her name is Betsy Otter Thompson. And she wrote a book. She is an author of many books, but we are going to discuss, especially this book, How to Make Action and Reaction Work for You Instead of Against You. Welcome to our show, Betsy. Thank you, Gabrielle. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to have you because, believe it or not, I think people that think alike somehow find each other. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. Energy attracts like energy. Yes, so I'm really, really glad I found you because I always talk about action-reaction and people look at me and say, what are you talking about? <laughs> so first of all, tell the listener how and why you were passionate to write this book. Well, because... Uh, the power of emotional action-reaction uh, turned my life around. That's why I'm very passionate. I, I believe that whatever emotional action we put out into the universe returns to us and in the people we, we meet and face. And I believe that that's great. It, it is a great gift to us because it is showing us either the love that we are putting out or the something else we are putting out there. And uh, I think that the universe is totally balanced. Uh, the cosmos shows you how all the orbits are in perfect balance with each other. And mm-hmm. if one of those goes out of orbit, then everything else goes into chaos. And so that means that everything within the universe is also in perfect balance. And so we are always uh, facing the people who uh, reflect our own emotional gifts to others. And um, it's a very powerful and empowering concept once you get the hang of how it works. Was it was it because of something personal, if I may ask, uh, that made you want to learn about action-reaction, or was it in your vicinity? Uh, it was something personal. I actually okay. um, uh, had, was almost homeless, and um, okay. uh, life had not gone well for me. Uh, I had really spent most of my life at that point blaming other people for all my problems, uh, my mother, my parents, my ex-husbands, uh, everyone else to blame but me. And mm-hmm. that philosophy got me to the place where I was almost homeless. And uh, I, at that point, I came across a 
uh, A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I, but, I am familiar with it. For, for me, it was all about taking responsibility for yourself and for your decisions and for who you are. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I took responsibility for at that point was this gift I have of communicating with spirit. And um, it wasn't the easiest thing to admit or to come out of the closet, so to speak, because when I did it, which was 15 to 20 years ago, uh, this was not an accepted uh, gift that you could give to other people. This was not. Uh, this was considered very odd and strange, and and um, and so I, I was. Uh, I I did really did say to myself, well, I'm going to acknowledge the gift. I'm going to use it. I'm going to uh, share it with others. I'm going to write down the messages. Uh, but I sure need a job to support me while I do. And um, three weeks later, I had a job in the entertainment business, and I worked for the same man for the next 18 years and uh, was able to retire after that to write full-time. So after I sort of said, this is who I am and the chips will fall where they may, um, it was like the universe responded and said, okay, if you're ready, we're ready, and let's go. And uh, everything has turned around since then. So tell me, Betsy, why is it so hard for people to actually understand to just let go? I think it's because you fear. I, I know what it was for me. I can only speak for myself. It was of course. this fear of being called strange or odd or uh, crazy or uh, uh, doing something that most people felt was impossible. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I knew I could do it at, at when I was five because um, my mother was always talking about her, her grandmother, who she loved dearly, and um, that I looked a lot like her. And so I started talking to her at night, and I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was the most natural thing in the world, and I thought everybody could do it. You know, at five, if you can do something, you think other people can do it, too. And I told Mm -hmm. my older sister, and... um, she, I asked her who she was talking to, and she she was uh, she reacted badly and teased me unmercifully, and I was I was really terribly afraid that she would tell other people and they would react as she had, and so I just I just uh, I let it go. I stopped doing it. That's totally too bad. I'm 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 just mesmerized actually thinking how how quaint it is that what we find strange. Uh, and the other person's uniqueness is is truly a gift. And when we get the reaction of someone, we are almost willing, that's what it sounds like for you, we're almost willing to forgo our talents or gifts and yes, just I, to I think kind of fit in and to conform. Am I yeah, right? And I think that's very perfectly natural at the age of five. You know, I think that at that time... Uh, I don't think you have the, well, I certainly didn't have the courage to say this is who I am, like it or not, at that age. Uh, and it took me a long time to get the courage to do it, really, to tell you the truth. I come from a very, very conservative family, and while my kids understand what I'm doing, my sisters still do not, and they don't really, they just have no, they have no interest in it, and that's fine, actually, too, because, you know, it's taught me a great lesson that you can, you can, you don't have to agree with people to love them. And no, of course not. That's been a great lesson too. But don't you feel that if you learn to react to um, to things negative, and with other words, the negative outcome for you is to stop it, that by the time we're forty or fifty, uh, it's hard to reverse that. So, how can you make the action reaction work for you? Well, I mean, I, it, wasn't e- it wasn't easy. I almost had to become homeless to do it. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, and Sorry, I, I don't, don't recommend anyone become homeless to, 
to have a turnaround in their life, but it is what worked for me because I had reached the bottom and I had, um, I had to come to the conclusion that, uh, what I had tried before had not worked. And I, and I was on the way to, uh, you know, if I kept up in the direction I was going, I was probably going to leave this planet because, uh, I had, I had, um, I was so into blame. And, and the fact, you know, my sister, my sister passed away, uh, 10 years ago, and she also had a very difficult time in her childhood getting along with my mother, which I had. And I knew that, I knew that when she died, that there for, for the grace of God go I, because I had so much anger and resentment in me that it would have eventually killed me, like it killed her. Mm-hmm. And so I know that, um, for this, for me, it took, it took getting almost homeless for me to, to, uh, ask myself, what am I doing with my life? But I hope, I, I don't mean to recommend to people that they need to be homeless to turn their life around, but it, it's what worked for me. And I've heard of a lot of people, as I've been talking to people, guests, hosts, and things, that a lot of people have had the same experience and that's not becoming homeless, but having some crisis, some kind of crisis happened in their life for, for, to make them wake up in a way, and that I yeah. believe it's a waking up process. Would you would you say it's like kind of hitting a wall in your life, and not necessarily like you said a homeless situation, but a situation that you feel that you can't move forward or not even backwards? Maybe yes, it is like hitting a wall. Mm-hmm. It is yes. Okay, it is like hitting a wall. That's too bad because it'd be nice if we could actually teach this. I'm trying to do that, so that's why I'm saying this to you. Yeah. I'm trying to teach this to the younger children because I believe that if we could teach them that actually under the age of 10, that we would create uh, adults that will make much better decisions because they get, in in the time that they're still underage, they get the time to practice action reaction and see what it does for them. Well, I mean, I don't mean to say that I couldn't have caught on to action reaction sooner sooner if I had heard about it. Uh, uh, I probably would have. So I think it's wonderful that you're teaching it to people, to children. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it's just that it didn't happen to me. And at the time, <laughs> there wasn't anyone else talking about it. It was talked about in the Course of Miracles, and, and that made it, and made it an impact on me. But uh, it, it was um, it made an impact on me because I was a place where where the opposite had gotten me in such a, a, a terrible place. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it may, so it really, uh, I really did stop and say, whoa, what's this about? This is something different, something very different. Absolutely. So that's, and, and you wrote the book, you, first of all, for the listeners out there, they can get it on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes, they can. It's called the What okay. Happens If I Book and how to make action reaction work for you instead of against you. And, and how difficult was it? This is an unusual question, but because I'm an author myself, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. How difficult was it to divide it into such a concise um, piece of reading? Because you could have gone on forever, right? So you, you really narrowed it down. How did you do that? You know, I have to say I, I, got, the, I got the idea. You know, it's really a book about me trying to heal myself. I got the idea because I'd had a really bad day at work. Uh, somebody had been really unpleasant to me, just downright rude and uh, patronizing okay. to me. And I came home from that day and I said, um, you know, what is, what is this about? I don't, I really, it was a, 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 an, an ongoing situation. And so I said to myself, 
if I believe in this action reaction or this emotional action reaction, then it means that for you know, how does this person make me feel? Well, they made me feel disrespected. Um, that I was an idiot, that I couldn't do, couldn't do my job. And so I asked myself, you know, who had I disrespected? Who had, asked, who had I patronized? And I immediately, as I asked myself that question, I thought of a friend of mine who was going through some changes in her life, and uh, she was asking for my advice, and I just, uh, I really took her up on it. <laughs> and I told her what she should do and, uh, and what she should be doing with her life and what she was doing wrong, and I realized... Uh, immediately that that was where I, the problem was, that I was assuming I understood her life and her path and what she, what she should be doing and what she shouldn't be doing, which is very presumptuous and really sort of arrogant because I don't have any idea what her path is and what she came here to understand and what she's here to do. So I immediately called her and apologized and said I had no idea really what her life was about and I trusted that her soul would lead her wisely. And then I realized that I had, that I had, after putting something different out there, I was I didn't realize it, but I had created a different thing for myself at work because the person who was rude to me and patronizing to me continued to be the same way. However, it didn't impact me. It was like I had this aura around me, and I wasn't putting out that feeling anymore. And so when the feeling came back, it didn't impact me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Would you also say that um, when you say it doesn't impact me anymore, does it mean that you're that conscious that that person triggers you? Well, or I that you've decided not to react, period? Well, you know, life is not about changing other people. They change when they're good and ready to change, and they do it for themselves, not for you. So it wasn't about changing this person. Uh, I, it was about realizing that I only felt impacted by that patronization because I had been patronizing someone else. So as soon as okay. I stopped my behavior, I noticed the behavior still continuing. It, I noticed it, but it didn't didn't give me that awful gut feeling. Oh, what awful feeling that is! It didn't give me that feeling at all. It was just like, oh, I said there there he goes again. But it wasn't anything that uh, affected me emotionally. Okay. Well, we'll be right back after the commercial break, Betsy, and okay. the listeners will be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Which voice do you hear? The voice of your ego or the voice of your spirit? The one you listen to can determine your entire future, your decisions, your existence. Listen to Two Voices with Dr. Nick and Reverend Linda Martin. We'll identify, discover, and explore your two voices and help you to determine how they shape your life. It's an experience which can allow you to transform your ego, hear the voice of spirit more clearly, and create the life you were meant to live. 
Two Voices is heard Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And for everyone who missed our introduction at Might Radio, we are with guest Betsy Otter Thompson, how to make action reaction work for you instead of against you. Welcome, Betsy, on the show. We were just talking about your book and how concise you made it. And one of the chapters, and it just happens to be something that I love, is called What Happens If I Can't Create Without Fear? And I wanted you to, for the listeners, not only for the listeners, but for myself, that you went a little bit more in depth about this chapter, especially. Okay, well, what happens if I can't create fear? The short answer is, that's what happens. I can't create without fear. Uh, But I, I really believe that the only fearful thought is when I think that something is wrong. And therefore, I only need to focus on what is right for fear to disappear. Okay. And so that, but fear, you know, it, it really, I even tried that today when I got fearful about something and I said, wait a minute, uh, it's, I'm only thinking something's wrong and nothing is wrong. Everything is right. Everything is happening exactly the way it needs to happen. My day is exactly the way it needs to be. Everything is perfect. Everything is in balance. Nothing is wrong. And then the fear went away. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, when I teach, Action, reaction, I say to most children and adults, because I also work with adults, um, that fear is our biggest commonality. What do you think when you hear, hear that? It's the biggest what? Commonality? Yeah. It, it surpasses ethnicity, religion, race, everything. Yes. Yeah. Every human being alive knows the feeling of fear. Yes, everybody does. And, and, and here's the thing. When we get fearful, it's because you look out into the world and you see all these things happening in the world and, and you, and you think they're wrong and then you get fearful about them. They shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. If it happens to somebody else, it could happen to me. And then fear, fear, there is fear alive and well living in you. And so, okay, but there's my question. If fear is alive and well because you have a worried thought, isn't the worry exactly the action-reaction that comes from other people that you take on? I think, what do you mean, that other people are making you fearful? Yes. Well, that's up to you if you take it on. I mean, you can look at the world in a different way. You can see, you can, the way you, I see the world is that everyone is finding their mirrors. Uh, therefore, if, they are, if people are fighting, they are fighting other people who think it's, that's how you solve your problems by fighting. People who think that peaceful means are the way you solve your problems are with other people who think that peaceful means are the way you solve your problems. Absolutely. So if you're fearful, the first thing that you would advise someone who's listening, what should he or she do? Ask yourself if you want to attract fearful people to you. 
If you mm-hmm. do not want to attract people, fearful people to you, then you have to think of what is right in your life instead of what is wrong in your life. Focus on all the blessings that you have instead of all the things that you suppose are negative. Focus on all the good things that have happened to you, all the good friends you have instead of the few friends you have who you don't, who aren't always positive. Focus on, you can't focus on two opposite ideas, two opposing ideas at the same time in your mind. You're either in a positive or you're in the negative. If you're in the Mm -hmm. negative, there's no room for the positive. So you have to replace what your thoughts are doing, and you have to replace them with the positive. I know this sounds like a little Pollyanna, but it's really, I have never been able to find another solution that works. This is the only thing I have found that ever works. Oh, yeah, I I got... Honest, I have nothing against your solution. I applaud it. I, I just wonder how we could um, apply it to people that are in such dire straits, that are in really, really difficult circumstances. And I'm not talking about the average fearfulness right now, but something more. How, how would we apply it in, in their case when, when life is really... Um, you feel like you're at the end of the line. There's no hope. Well, I, I don't know um, if there's anything you can do for other people except an example. I don't think you can change other people. I, and I think you're really into a frustrating place if you think you can change other people because other cheap people change when they're ready to change and they do it for themselves. They don't do it for you, and that's the way it should be. I think you can. the you, only way you teach others truly is through example. You can suggest ideas, but you can't force people to take them on. No, I agree totally with you. But again, living by example is very hard for most people to do. And I was, I was just going to a place where, because I happen to meet people often in assemblies where the children are in such bad situations where there's truly no foundation anywhere for them yeah and it's 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 hard to tell them to let go of that fear and that it will turn out all right and i was more thinking of of them what we could help them with with the action reaction when even when they're outside of school these children do not feel safe they're either in an abusive relationship through the home which are already terrible enough or there is, um, you know, kind of some sort of yeah, sexual abuse outside of the home right. sometimes. Well, I and and I don't always know what to say to these children. Yeah, well, I think that it's about, um, I, I, for me, it's about trusting that the soul understands where it needs to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And that includes children. I mean, they, they are, they, I believe we are energy and we, we, uh, we have experienced other things before we were here. And our soul has us where it thinks the lesson can be learned. And for me, it's about trusting that no other soul is not where it should be. Because if I say that, that those children are not where, they're, where they should be, what I'm really saying is that the souls in those children are real dummies. They got them in that situation. They must be total idiots to have them in that situation. And that's an impossible premise because the soul in everyone is ever wise and knows the big picture of that energy's journey, knows what it has lived before, and knows what it has been through, knows what the lessons are, knows what the challenges need to be for this lifetime. And so as soon as they're old enough to understand logic, I mean, the, I, what, I was, what I would do for those children would be to say, find what was good about that experience, find what you learned about yourself, find where you learned more about compassion, where, where did you learn more about understanding other people, where did you learn more about 
the gifts that come to you from unexpected places, all those kinds of things, so that the child would start focusing on the positive in the situation and not the negative. Yep. Um, that is a really good thing to do. So I have another question because I, I like this one too, your chapter two. Think I have to be perfect. That's something I think that every human being thinks they have to. Yes. And, and Where does that come from? The short answer is that you reach for the impossible when you think you have to be perfect because we are energy and energy is never in the same state. It is always constantly expanding, and which means that you aren't the same person you were half an hour ago that you are now. And everybody is in the same boat. We are never. There is no state of perfection to reach. There is just the fact that we are all perfectly wonderful for the journey that we are on. We are exactly who we need to be for the lessons we came here to learn. We're exactly what we need to look like for the image we thought would help us the most. And um, and. That's that's the only perfect there is, that we have chosen perfectly for the journey we, we have. And I think if you focus on trying to be perfect, what you're what you're really focused on is a lack mentality. I don't have I don't have this because I'm not perfect enough. I don't have that because I'm not perfect enough. And um and that does, is like a does like, the perfection part have to do with seeing ourselves not you know, with with a harsh eye? Aren't we too hard on ourselves? Are we often not, I mean, I think every human being is perfect, period. Um, but isn't, isn't it the perception when you look in the mirror that you say, oh, everything is wrong? I think, I think it's uh, looking for what is right no matter what you're doing. I, I really do. Okay. Um, because we aren't supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be um, energy that's expanding. And we're supposed to be uh, learning something and expanding and journeying and uh, finding uh, love and release and forgiveness. And if everything were perfect, uh, there would be nothing. If, ever, if we were all perfect, there would be no reason to be here. Ah, that's an interesting statement. Wow. Okay, let me think about that. So you just said that <laughs> if we were all perfect, there wouldn't be a reason to be here. Right. So we're actually here to learn. To learn, absolutely. We're here to learn. We're here to understand uh, and compassion, forgiveness, uh, releasing other people to their journeys, uh, letting them live their journeys without our criticism and our, our backbiting and our, our, our insinuations of what they should be living instead. Well, first of all, we haven't got the faintest idea what they should be living. <laughs> and so we're, we're just being honest when we say, you know, live your life and do your thing and have fun and enjoy yourself, and, and I will too. What else can you say, you know? You're, it doesn't matter because if you're not, in, if you're not if they're not your emotional mirror, they're not going to be around you anyway. They're going to be off living their thing with people who reflect them. True. But... I feel that if you strive for perfection, there's no way you can feel happy. No, because you're, you're looking for something that's impossible to find. Yeah, just just be in the moment. Yes. And when you get upset, try to get back to that moment. Yes. Yeah. Everything, yeah. just tell yourself, everything is exactly the way it needs to be. If you keep telling yourself that over and over again. It's but that's frustrating for a lot of people. <laughs> Actually, it's very relaxing. Everything is just the way it's supposed to be because it's forcing. That's because you're already there, Betsy. But yeah, most but people want to go against the grain when you say that, and they go, "Nothing is perfect. Look at this world. Look at the wars. Look." Well, that's right? good though. It forces you to deal with the moment. It forces you to deal with the moment. 
So if you want the moment to be different, what can you do for the moment in the moment to, to make it a better moment for yourself? Mm-hmm. So what happens when you don't really tune out in the moment? When you How don't does what? action reaction work then? What, what There are the people question? that tune out nonstop. Oh, right? well, I mean, the, the solution is not from other people. Uh, we can't tell people how to tune in or to... No, no, I know. But what if a listener is listening to this segment uh-huh. and he or she keeps tuning out instead of... And, and desperately wants to stay in the moment? Th- that happens too. Well, what, I, what is it that you're supposed to learn when you're tuning out? Because you're tuning out for a reason. Well, we, well you tune out. You mean you refuse to hear what's being said. Is that what you mean? You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well... I really believe that when that person is ready to hear, they will hear. And they will hear a minute sooner than they are ready to hear. So I don't have any qualms with that. I think people come to their understandings when they're ready to, and they do it when it's uh, when it's meaningful to them. And I trust that they're on the journey they need to be on. I truly do. I, I, I think that um, People have their own priorities and their own time schedule, their own uh, way of accomplishing what they come if they came here to accomplish. And uh, I believe that they have free will to choose and to do it their way. And I and I want that I I, I uh, rejoice in that. I rejoice that they have free will to choose and do it their own way. I do too. On that note, we're going to go into another commercial break. We'll be right back, everyone. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenise and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. 
please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we are talking to our guest, Betsy Otter Thompson. How to make action-reaction work for you instead of against you. Betsy, how does it work against you? Okay. Action-reaction. And pretend I know nothing. I want to give a, a wonderful example of, oh. of when I was in a job. And okay. I, had a, I was working for a woman who I was having a very hard time with, and uh, I couldn't get along with her. And I, every night when I would go home from the job, I would spend the entire evening saying, why can't she do this? Why can't she do that? Why can't she be this? Why can't she be that? Why can't she do this better? Why does she have this job? Who the heck hired her? What is she doing in this job? She's not doing her job. She's, it, was a, it was just a, a negative litany. Uh, I repeated in my mind over and over and over. And while I never said anything to her face and I never said anything to anyone behind her back, she understood and she could feel where my focus was and she reacted to it. And so the situation just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And when I finally said, wait a minute, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and figure this out, that I know about action-reaction. I know about the thoughts I put out there coming back to me. So I decided that I I was in this bad habit of this negative habit. I won't say bad, but it was a negative habit of bad-mouthing this woman at home behind her back, so to speak, behind her conscious self. So I started focusing on what what this woman did well, why she did have the job, why they had hired her, what she, what she could do that I couldn't do, what she was better at, all the things that she could do. And I got into, I did that over and over every day after I went home from work. And finally, I, I got myself going in this positive direction. And when she could feel that change in me, she responded to it, and it changed the entire relationship. So I was using the power of action-reaction for myself instead of against myself, because eventually I would have gotten fired. Yeah, absolutely. Besides the energy that you spend or any human being spends doing that day after day is, wow, I'd be exhausted. Yes, it is exhausting. That's that's why I find television so exhausting. Yes, it's exhausting. Because when you look at these shows of today, there's nothing relaxing about it. Right. And it's, it's also very it's, hard on the body, Gabriella, because yes. you're constantly focused on the negative. The body keeps getting this message from you. Everything is wrong. Everything is bad. And then it goes wrong within. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the energy of, of um, what comes towards you is really important. But I think we forget in, in what you just said is, is, is a really good example, because I really think that people live with this example that you just gave on a daily basis. And then to top it off, um, that's my version, they will um, uh, put on the TV and hear even more negativity or even get a validation of someone else that has the same problem. Yes, and also what happens is you can't find what's good about the person you're working with now. What makes you think you're going to find what's good about the person you work with next? You're in the habit of finding what's wrong, so that's what you're going to do in the next job. So you have to change the habit where you are if you want the next job to be different. So how do you teach yourself to break a habit? And, and the reason I'm saying this on purpose is, um, geez, 
99% of the smokers out there, I'm just going to take something. They're probably all mad at me right now. Um, you know, have a hard time quitting. So how hard is it for a human being to change a habit? Well, I mean, you're talking about addictions now, which is which is yeah. a different which is a different subject. But I, I really but, be, I really believe that there that you are as the individual have to decide for yourself that you want to get rid of the addiction before you will get rid of it. Nobody else can do it for you. I've seen too many people with addictions, and I know that it's, it's something you decide yourself that you're going to stop doing. I have a son but, who who who's, who went through. Uh, he, he went through all kinds of programs to get off drugs, and he didn't do it until one day he said, enough. Yeah. Because he decided. He decided. I, I so totally he decided, yes. But, but the reason I, I say habit is because uh, I find in the cigarette are two parts, right? One part is truly, like you say, it's an addiction, but the other part, it, it's just a state of mind, Right? It's a state of mind saying we need this. It's a state of mind uh, wanting to eat compulsively. It's a state of mind, like you said, to come home and to start bashing to nobody except yourself um, this woman that you work with, right? Yeah. It's just throwing negativity at yourself. Yes, it is. All the time. So yes, how do you is. break that? To yourself and to your body by doing exactly what I did, by getting in another habit. And it's a conscious choice that you make. I'm going to find what's good about this woman instead of the negative. I'm going to find the positive instead of the negative. I had to make that decision for myself. And I did it for selfish motives, first of all, because I didn't want to lose the job. And I, and I knew that's where I was headed. I knew I was headed um, because who can stand to work with somebody who, who they feel is all this negative energy is coming from. Nobody wants that situation, and so I had to change it. And so I did what I, what I understood from, from my writing and from my inspiration that could be done, and I said I have to prove to myself that this works, and so I did it, and it did work. But it was my decision. Nobody could, if somebody had told me, you know, I, you have to change, you have to do this, you have to do that, I probably would have ignored it. But, if I, but when I had a, the, the experience of it, I... I you know, I, I proved to myself that it works. And I tell people who I'm, when I'm giving, talking about this book, I say that, you know, you can listen to what I'm saying, but, and you won't really believe it works until you try it because you have to prove every theory to yourself. And that's the way it should be. You shouldn't just take a theory that people give to you uh, because it worked for them. You should try it and see if it works for you. Mm-hmm. Of course. But I still feel that, and, and I'm not trying to be negative, but it's really hard for people to suddenly see the goodness in another human being when they've been that negative. Well, it, it, it's not easy, but then, you know, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth the effort it takes, and that's what everything is about. If something is worth the effort, then you want to do it. If, if you know it's going to bring you something good, it's worth the effort. Absolutely. And for the listener out there, if you think, um, like me, that it's really hard to change a habit, I know it's hard because I've done it before too, like Betsy, um, then by all means go to Amazon and pick up her book. I didn't say the title a lot. So the title is What Happens If I? Is that correct? Yes, it's called the What Happens If I book. <laughs> what happens if I book? Okay, well, what happens if I, and it'll come up. And you can put in books yeah. by Betsy Otter Thompson, and it will come up. And how to make action-reaction work for you instead of against you. Right. Okay, and um, you really uh, wrote a lot of books, I saw. Uh, how many now, five? Six books, yeah. Six books, oh yeah. my goodness. So what 
what keeps you motivated? How do you get inspired to keep going out there and finding new material and to interest the reader to read it? Well, uh, I just feel that, um, you know, I, I, I just sit down and let spirit speak through me. It's really a, a way of, um, I know it's, I have no, I have no writer's block at all. I've never had writer's block because I just sort of open my heart and let spirit talk. And, you know, when you were asking me before about how this book got formed, it, it got formed to answer all my questions. You know, I had lots of these questions. I think a lot of people share these questions, but they certainly mm-hmm. had been my questions. And when I was having that, the difficulty with, um, with the person who was very patronizing in my life, and I wanted to uh, understand it. I, when I understood it, I saw that when I stopped being patronizing, then the person, the person in my life who was patronizing didn't bother me anymore. I, I wanted to ask other questions. What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? So I, I did it just from trying to understand my life and then being able to share what I what spirit responded with because I sort of play the play the devil's advocate in this book by asking what normally you'd think would be a, a negative question like what happens if I obsess over another and then spirit mm-hmm. comes in and and explains that it's not really uh, obsessing over another is not really a negative it's only when you have expectations of what the person is supposed to do back for you where the negative comes in and so everything is sort of it's a new shift a sort of a shift of attention and a shift of a focus from uh, from what I from what we normally go to to another focus that is more helpful to us in understanding why we behave the way we do and why we have these tendencies to to um, to do something like obsess. Yeah, absolutely. It's truly amazing. So, how do we teach ourselves to love to love myself? How do I do that? Well, I think that's a habit too. You get into saying Look, remember all the good things about yourself. Remember the things you like about yourself. And focus on those things. Focus on the things you can do instead of the things you can't do. Uh, for years, I focused on everything I couldn't do instead of the things I could do. And, and, and do you think we should actually really bring this back in education, in, in, in schools? Well, why not? Why not? Have because a- we don't seem to learn it through the home. I think it's a, it's a change of attitude, and I don't think you can... You know, I, I I don't know about changing the school system, but I mean, you can start with yourself and start with your start with uh, your children and finding the good things in them, the things that they can do well, instead of focusing on the things they can't do well. Um, praise. The but person. if you really look at, at at the educational system, all we want, and everyone's going to be furious when I say it, it's, I feel like children are performing monkeys. We, we, we want them to get the grade A's, and it's all about testing, and we don't seem to look at, at all the things they do right that have nothing to do with grades. So do it for your children, if they, even if the school doesn't do it. Yeah. Okay. That's good advice. So for the parents out there, tell your children to love themselves, that they're good at doing things that have nothing to do with school and grades. Because it does help to hear that, I think, from people that you trust and love. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Always, always look for what your children can do and not what they can't do. People come here with different gifts and different talents, and um, some of them have to do with academics, and some of those goals have nothing to do with academics. It doesn't mean that they're that they're dumber or less important. It means that they have a different. They have a, came here for a different reason, but their yeah. reason is every bit as valid as anybody else's reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will be right back, Betsy. We're going into commercial break. 
We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you ever feel stuck on a hamster wheel? Constantly running but getting nowhere? Ready to try something different? The secret is actually quite simple. When you fall in love with yourself, everything else falls into place, personally and professionally. Each week, you can find out how to choose your energy and change your life with your host, Deborah Jane Wells. It's time to get unstuck, reclaim your personal power, and recapture your zest for living. Tune in to Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Cour de Grace, the Heart of Grace, is an uplifting program hosted each week by Maria Rodriguez. Each show is made up of pieces of wisdom that you can use in your everyday life, moving ever closer to transformation through inspiration. Your heart knows there is more to come, more beauty, more joy, and more truth. All you need to do is tune in. Maria will help you move toward who you really want to be, becoming a more active co-creator in your world. Cour de Grace is heard live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Everyone, we're back with how to make action reaction work for you instead of against you with Betsy Otter Thompson. We were just. Uh, going back and forth during the commercial break, Betsy, about what would be a really interesting thing to talk about for the listener. And you and I came up with to use your thoughts, your thought choice to manipulate. I really, really like that. Tell us more about that. Okay, so it's called What Happens If I Use My Sob Story to Manipulate? And for everybody who's listening, if you want to know what the sob story is, it's wherever life feels tragic, overwhelming, or unfair. It's wherever you can't understand what is with you or why. It's wherever you can't find answers that make any sense. It's wherever you believe that others are responsible for your pain. And uh, this is the sob story. And uh, this is what you manipulated in your very deepest divine powers because this is where you knew release could be found. And my sob story was that I had... Um, 
I had a, a mother that I really had a very difficult time with uh, and who I felt sabotaged me instead of praising me and who, um, who uh, made my life really difficult. And I had a long time trying to get over it. And the, the, the turnaround came when I said to myself, okay, I believe that I chose this woman uh, for the challenge that she offered me because I did believe that. I believe that my soul believed that this would be a worthy challenge uh, for me. And so I had to ask myself, okay, well, what, there must have been, I must have thought that there was something good would come from this. I must have thought something I could find a way to make it turn it into a positive. And as soon as I suggested that thought to myself, I realized that the very fact that I had such a hard time getting along with her, that we couldn't agree on anything, that uh, our priorities were totally different, our view of the world was different, our philosophy of life was different, the very fact that that was true was the motivator I needed to find a philosophy that did work for me. So in a way, she was a great gift to me in that she had pushed me to find a philosophy that worked for me. And to find, and, and, and the, when I did find this philosophy, my whole life, life turned around. And so the sob story was that I couldn't get along with Mother and that she was, she was really um, not a nice person to me all the time. And so therefore, uh, but that out of that came the motivation to find a philosophy that would be comfortable for me to go forward with. And when I understood that she was that gift to me, and in that it, it shifted my focus of how I viewed her. And all of a sudden I could forgive and I could release and move on. And more than that, I could ask myself, why does she, why do I need to forgive if she's the gift I needed for this lifetime, the major gift that I needed in this lifetime? And so, mm-hmm. This is what I believe that we create for ourselves. We create these situations. And I believe that, I don't know if you believe in a past lifetime, but I believe that you're, when you plan your journey here, that you're planning it with people who care about you, who really want you to grow and want you to move forward or inward uh, to expand. And so, therefore, the people who are playing these roles in your life are the ones who love you the most. And I do believe that when we leave here, uh, when I when I leave here and and join go to the place where where or the the feelings where my mother is that she's going to say to me did did my challenge work and I'm going to say yes <laughs> yes the challenge worked <laughs> so thank you and I, I I believe that that's what it's all about that we need to find understand why we have these challenges they're they're in our lives for a reason because we believe that they are going to lead us to this uh, this feelings of being able to forgive, to understand, to be compassionate about other people and the journeys that they're on. She didn't have an easy journey to either. So it made me more aware that she had uh, had her challenges and difficulties in life as well. And mm-hmm. um, that then it makes you a more compassionate person. And, and so this is what this chapter is all about, is about taking a step back and saying, uh, honoring yourself and respecting your soul, respecting the fact that your soul is wise or you wouldn't have this challenge. You know, it, your soul is not a dummy. Your soul understands the journey better than you do because the soul is seeing your journey from the peanut gallery where it sees the whole thing and you're, you're seeing it from the orchestra pit where you can only see part of the stage or half of the stage. Yep. 
It's only your own perception. You can't see everything. No, I agree totally with that. And especially with with mothers, I think most women have had problems with their mothers. Yeah. But, but I always thought, just to add to the story that you were just saying, that I was a challenge to her just as much as the other way around. I, I realized that as a young child. Yeah. That the challenge was on both sides. And and was needed for growth on both sides, um, even yeah, if true. Um, if we don't appreciate at the speed they go, or we want something faster, it doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and, and that that made me open my eyes to action reaction. Yeah, that no two people are together unless both can benefit from it. I believe that's true. Yeah, although we think sometimes that we're also toxic, right? My first ever thought about action reaction was. Started around the age of 10, 11, and that was because I thought the relationship was truly toxic, and that made me think about action reaction to begin with. The first time I ever said there's something off here, yeah. But but I agree with you totally that there's definitely a challenge with with the people that are put around us, and um, I'm not sure that they love us more than the others, but. They definitely love us in a special way. <laughs> and we'll definitely meet them again, and I need to be ready for that one. Yeah. <laughs> if I may say so. Uh, I'm not totally sure that I'm ready yet. That's why I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, it is true. It is Sometimes it's hard to be reconfronted, even though we think that that we have surpassed a lot. Sometimes we haven't. Just quite yet. Yeah. But you would agree that when you're talking about the sob story, the, the reason that you have a chapter of that in there is because it's so prominent for everyone? I think so. I think, yes. I, 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 you know, when we um, go on a vacation, we plan how long we're going to be there. We plan the, the, the clothes we're going to take, the people we're going to meet, uh, when we're going to go, when we're going to come back. Uh, so why would we be any less careful planning a journey into the game called humanness. We plan, I believe we plan everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it isn't so much as what happens to us in life that counts as much as how we deal with it. And um, that's where all the growth is and how we deal with it. And you can't, I mean, you can control your emotional reaction to everything, but you can't control everything that happens to you because other people are out there living their life and doing things. And so things happen that you may not like, but and you can't change it, but you certainly can change or you can control how you react to what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, how, and, how, and how you react to it is how you end up are inviting other people to react with you. Absolutely. So for all the listeners out there, we could talk a long time more about action reaction because there's a lot of examples to give you. But why don't you um, pick up the book at Amazon, the What Happens If I book. And Betsy, I am so glad you came on to the show with this specific topic that I'm passionate about. And I hope the listeners are too. Could you let them know about your website and how they could reach you? Yes, they can reach me at www.betsythompson.com. And how, how do we write Thompson? T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. Okay, perfect. And Betsy is B-E-T-S-Y. Okay. And I'm also on, web, on uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Goodreads. And I'm on YouTube. 
Wow, that's a lot of places to be. Yeah, and I was just going to uh, leave a little thought with people if, um, before I before the show of is course. over, and um, to say that we all have this wonderful power of love within us, but we decide individually how to use that love. And um, that's why taking responsibility is so important because we are all autonomous to choose how we behave, how we react to others, and how we share this wonderful power within that we have. So be the light that you hope to encounter in others because this is how you create the love that you desire. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Betsy. And for the listeners, make action, reaction work for you guys. Go for it. And next week, we will be back with another show. See you then. Bye, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.